this week on the Have Form. We have three Habs games to talk about, and oh boy, the team is looking good. I think we're very excited to get started talking about this team. I mean, I think it's the best this team is looking a very, very, very long time. So we're going to go over those games for sure, go over the stats so far this year, who's looking good, who's not looking so good. I mean, that list is pretty short if you... uh. If you ask me, talk about the Trois-Rivières deal. I mean, we knew it was coming, and now it's official. ECHL team affiliation with uh, the Montreal Canadiens. We're going to cover a little bit about the taxi squad, since there does seem to be some confusion about how the team is is using it this year. And we have some Twitter questions, as always, at the Habs Forum on Twitter. We're always happy to answer uh, your questions. But first, Dustin, do we have a different sponsor? Is it the same one as every week? Still the same sponsor, and actually they're also the new sponsor of the Montreal Canadiens, by the way, so that's pretty cool. We have the same sponsor as the Canadiens. Uh, so, of course, the Habs Forum is still brought to you by Manscaped.com. Check out the Lawnmower 3.0. It's a great thing. So is the Weed Whacker if you want to shave the inside of your nose, or not shave, but trim the uh, trim your nose. <laughs> Uh, and use promo code HABSFORUM to get 20% off your purchase and free shipping. I mean, we've got the same sponsors as the Canadians. That's pretty legit. Come on, guys. I mean, I mean for once, it's, it's, it comes off as legitimate, right? Like, I, when when I heard that, I mean, do you think maybe the Habs, the Habs people, the marketing people, listened to the Habs forum and they got the idea from the podcast? That's what I think. Probably. I mean, that, right? that's probably where they got it from, right? I mean, that they, makes, know that the, a lot of sense. they know the Habs forum is the source for Canadians info. Oh, for I, sure. Well, you know, Burley gets sense. all his trade ideas from us. <laughs> like, of course. I mean, we were talking about Jake Allen before the trade happened. So exactly. Makes sense. And last year I kept saying he should, uh, trade away Tatar and Petrie. And obviously I was so right about that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, let's, uh, let's get into it. So the, the Canadians opened the season. It feels like it took 10 years, uh, to get to this point. First game, in Toronto against the Leaf, uh, a loss, an overtime loss, yeah, the 5-4 loss, never want to lose against the Leafs, but still looked really, really strong in that game. And we, right away, you could see the depth on this team. I mean, if it wasn't for the the, the penalty trouble that they got into, I, I think they come away with the win, right? It, it's like you just can't give the Leafs five on three power plays just to let them come back in the game. So, I mean, the the one negative on this team so far has probably been the discipline and that's what cost them that game, but still looking good for the, for the opener of the season, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's like Josh Anderson said, they were the best team on the ice. I mean, no doubt they, they should have won that game, but you know, like you said, unfortunately, I mean, you know, we're three games into the season. They've, we've got off to a great start so far, five points in six games, but that has been the issue so far. Um, you know, they, they getting into that trouble uh, in, in, into the penalty trouble. I mean, they they were up three to one at the end of the third period, and you know they get scored on. The Leafs the Leafs eventually tie it up, and and, and it was and a bad bounce too, right on the VC goal to make it four four. Yeah, yeah, that's um, unfortunate. You know, going off the ref. I mean, yeah, I mean they they got a bo- a lot of bad luck in that game, unfortunately, and you know okay, yeah, like you said, they you can't give the Maple Leafs chances like that especially five on three with the firepower they have they don't have the depth that the canadians have but i mean they they obviously are loaded pre- pretty loaded up front exactly uh, that that top power play is, is is deadly yeah it's just absolutely deadly yeah so it was unfortunate but uh you know they got at least they got a point out of it and i think you know they they sort of set the tone for for the beginning of the season they showed that they can compete with the maple leafs and and, and outplay the maple leafs for the most part 
And, exactly. Uh, the Maple yeah. Leafs were supposed to be the best team in the division, right? That's what everyone is telling us. And they 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 played they went toe to toe with them, and they like uh, like Anderson said, like we're saying. I mean, they they probably outplayed them, honestly. I mean, definitely a team. And like I was thinking about what your predictions were about were like the that the Canadians might not finish first in uh, in the division in the regular season, but you like them the most coming out of the playoffs. I mean, it's far ahead of the playoffs. Start t- talking about that, but if this team makes it into the playoffs, out of all the Canadian teams. It's really the team that's best built for a long playoff run within the North Division. I like. I really like their chances to come come out of that that, that conference. I think that was a, that was a great prediction. And you started seeing it already on Twitter that people were were saying uh, that they think the Canadians were the team that would come out. Of the, even PJ Stock, who even though he has played for the Canadians, notoriously a habitator. Like he he spent so much time working in Montreal radios, but still always seems to be so negative about the Habs. You're seeing all these people. They all think it's not just us that the Canadians might be the best built out of the division to make it out of the uh, of, of the conference. I mean, it's it's exciting. It's I, I I can't believe it honestly when you consider where we were this time last year. Absolutely, and not only PJ Sop, but Brennan Kelly, who's basically enemy number one on Habs Twitter. Yeah, that. even he seems to be coming coming around to the Canadians. I mean, especially in a shortened season like this, like you know we've talked about it before, but it's going to be the depth that's going to be the key to the season. And I mean, I, I don't know if does do other teams really have the depth that the Canadians have. And we saw it even last night in goaltending, Jake Allen played fantastic last night. Fantastic. Fantastic. And I mean, it's the best performance from a backup we've seen in years. It almost just one game, but like did Keith Kincaid or any of the other backups we've had over the last few years have as good a game as Allen had yesterday in their whole, in the last few years. I don't think so. (laughs) <laughs> probably not no i mean he was he was fantastic i mean you, you can't say enough about all the addition and i mean uh, basically all the all the new guys that, have, that are stepping into the lineup this season we've seen it already through three games what they brought to the game and we saw we saw it in the first game josh anderson two goals in the first game we've seen it with romanov has been his i mean for all the expectations that we all, all had the re- probably ridiculous expectations that we had from coming into the season He's pretty much surpassed all the expectations that we Absolutely. did. Absolutely. So I mean, even okay, we all know that Joel Edmondson's got off to a pretty rough start in the first game against the Leafs. But man, the two games against the Oilers, he was really solid. And I mean, the decor is looking really solid. And I like that he himself admitted he had rough games, and he kind of attributed it to like consistent-based errors, right? Where he's still a new player, and and the one thing that that we talked about in the preview that we thought might be something that was going to hurt the Canadians is because they've made so many changes, so many new bodies coming in, playing prominent roles on the team. There's bound to be some, and 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 add to that the short training camp. There's bound to be some players that take a bit more time to kind of adapt to the team. What I'm surprised to see is really the only one that seems to have to have those struggles at first was Edmondson, and it seems like it took him one game to figure it out because like, having Romanov there makes him his signing that much less kind of pressure on it because it basically Edmondson is sooner rather than later going to be the bottom pairing defenseman on this team because Romanov is going to surpass him, and that's fine. I'm perfectly happy with Edmondson as a bottom pairing defenseman, but he's already looked great with Petrie even, so. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, yeah, there was a lot of hate for him on Habs Twitter after the first game, but I mean, uh, you know, two games against against the Oilers, and I mean, we all know what the Oilers can do. But uh, I think they Drysaddle and uh, McDavid had a combined, I think, one point 
in in two games, which is pretty unbelievable, seeing as they had a combined, I think, nine points in the first two games. So uh, exactly, exactly, and and not just that, all the power plays we gave them, and the the Oilers were by far the best power play team last year. They were like five percent better than the second best team. They the reason why the Oilers last year actually were in a playoff position and kind of seemingly took a jump last year is because they had the best power play in the league. And I don't know if they've forgotten how to be on the power play, or it's just that the Canadians have that good of a PK, but completely shut them down. At no point was the Oilers' power play yesterday, what was it, seven times around the power play? At no point was I, did I feel threatened or was I nervous by the Oilers' power play at all. No, not at all. And not only that, the Canadians had two shorthanded goals in two games against yeah. the Oilers. So, uh, yeah, well, I mean, I think... I mean the power, the, not the power play, but the PK looked it was amazing. I mean, uh, you know, I mean they they were put into bad, some bad situations in the first game against Toronto, but the two games against the Oilers, I mean, just I mean an amazing effort from everybody. And like against the Toronto, I mean the first one, the first power play goal against was a five on three, and that yeah. it, it, I, you can be the best PK in the league. It, it is what it is. You're gonna allow five on three goals against. Uh, against especially a team like the Leafs, right? So, and then and then after that, that's kind of when the momentum shifted, right? And the, that that game changed uh, completely. But the, the the one thing that I'm kind of cautiously optimistic about still about this team is that they look great against the Leafs, but they still lost. The I'm wondering, have the Canadians look that good, or did the Oilers look that bad? Because oh boy, did there's a lot of holes on that team, right? Like they are almost looking like they might be the worst team in the division, even behind Ottawa at this point. I mean, the goaltending situation is atrocious. I mean, Koskinen had a, an okay game yesterday, still looked shaky at first, and I didn't realize honestly that they they had lost Clefbaum for the whole year on all all right already very weak defense. They they, they lose him on top of that. So, I mean, the Canadians look great, but, man, the Oilers look so bad. I mean, it's just a couple of games, but. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the Oilers definitely don't look very good. I mean, like you said, I mean, they're they're pretty, you know, they, for, for all the depth the Canadians have, it's pretty much the the opposite, the Oilers. Yeah. I mean, they, outside of Dre's Idol and McDavid, I mean, this team is pretty, pretty bad all over the place. They I have mean, other weapons on offense that are okay, though. This was, what's crazy, though. Like they they like they they still have Nugent Hopkins. Yamamoto is not not a bad player to be playing with Drysaitel. They 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 have other offensive weapons, but it's just it just seems so bad. But the defense is also it's atrocious. I thought the Leafs defense was bad, but honestly, they made the Leafs defense look good. There's just nothing going that that five one win against Edmonton. I don't remember a single game last year where I felt where it was as dominant or as convincing of a win by the Canadians. I might, I might be forgetting some, but I feel like we haven't seen a lot of those in the last few years. And to see that on game two already, and there's a lot to be said about what it does for a team to have those games or they're kind of low pressure. And it's, it's, it was kind of in the bag pretty, uh, pretty early on. I mean, don't get me wrong. Carrie Price also played a fantastic game, even though it was five one, but at no point was I worried in that game. And it's just, I just don't know if it's a combination of the two or if it's the Oilers that are bad or the Canadians that are that good. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it was probably a combination of the two. I mean, the Oilers definitely I, I mean, I would say especially in the well, really in both games. Yeah, the Oilers didn't play very well. Uh but especially probably last night. Um but I mean, I thought the Canadians played really good on Saturday. Like they were, you know, they they probably they could have beat anyone on Saturday last night. I mean, they played a pretty good game, but yeah, it was probably a lot more the to do with the Oilers 
sort of beating themselves almost. But I mean, I wouldn't I even describe the Habs game yesterday that good. I mean, they they allowed seven power plays. Yeah. They they had a good PK, but like I, you play that way against a lot of teams, and you're going to come out losing. No, exactly. I mean, uh, no, for sure. They 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 have to be better. Um, you know, they were playing a bad team last night against the Oilers, and uh, you know, I think it'll be a good test playing Vancouver three times in a row. You know, Wednesday, Thursday, and uh, and Saturday, it's going to be a good test playing them. Uh, I mean, they're certainly better than Edmonton. So uh, yeah, it'll, I mean, it'll be a good test. I mean, they've you know through three games, they've been really good. They've you know they played a bad you know they played a really good team team in Toronto, but uh, two back to back games against Edmonton, not obviously not the greatest team, a, pr- a pretty lousy goaltender, obviously in uh, in uh, Miko Koskinen. But uh, yeah, it'll be a good test for sure against Vancouver. And I mean Va- Vancouver, I am curious to see how how they they are. I'm I'm start, starting to wonder if maybe. The, the, the West Coast teams are just not as strong as maybe uh, I, I thought there was. There's a lot of holes on on, on these teams. I mean, Vancouver is also kind of lacking in, in some areas. I mean, they, they've only got uh, one win so far this year against Edmonton. So, I mean, we just beat Edmonton twice. And Edmonton actually beat them 5-2. to two. Uh, So, I mean, it, it doesn't mean anything's guaranteed here. But if, if the Canadians can come out of, the, of these three games winning two out of three... Man, they're looking like they're in a good position in this division. Yeah, I think it's pretty doable. I mean, yeah, like you said, they, they don't really have the, the best team either. I mean, you know, they have a couple of good young players up front, uh, you know, Brock Besser and uh, and uh, Elias Peterson. But, uh, I mean, their goaltending is pretty decent, too, with Demko and uh, and Holtby, of course. Uh, Holtby, sorry. Holtby. Yeah, Holtby. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, no, the, the Canadians should definitely be able to, well, hopefully, be, at least take two out of three from them but uh yeah i mean you know if they can win two out of three i mean through six yeah i mean the first six games on the road they'll be looking pretty good for sure and uh yeah i mean i think they can they can definitely compete pretty easily with uh with the teams out west and obviously with the ottawa centers and i mean they proved in the first game they compete with toronto and i mean i think they're going to be in the run run with toronto for the first in the division you know, the whole Cal- Calgary is not anything we need. To, we can't forget about Calgary because I've been. What I love about this this division play so far, I'm kind of treating this season like the the NHL is only like a seven team league, and I'm I'm basically only watching the 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 Canadian games just to get an idea of these 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 other teams. Calgary hasn't looked that bad. Markstrom is a very solid uh, goaltender. I think that that's a huge kind of flip there. Vancouver losing Mark Markstrom to Calgary, but I think that's the top three. I think I know it's still very very early, obviously, but I think Toronto, Montreal, and Calgary is the top three in, in the Canadian division, and one of the teams is going to mag- manage to squeak in to get the fourth spot, obviously. But the other teams in the division really don't worry me at all. I and mean, Winnipeg's not looking good at all either, so I'm not concerned about them. No, def- no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, Vancouver, uh, Vancouver, I think could, you know they'll probably be the team to finish fourth. I mean. You know, they're probably a little bit weaker than the top three, but yeah, after that, I mean, I think you have Winnipeg, uh, who's definitely a, a step lower, and then Edmonton and Ottawa, who, uh, well, I mean, especially Ottawa. Let's be honest, <laughs> Ottawa's def should definitely finish in last, but uh, Edmonton I, might. I get- don't know what I saw with it from Edmonton today. Unless they fix the goaltending situation and defense isn't getting better anytime soon, I mean, Ottawa has been. Last year was looked better than Edmonton in the last couple of games for sure. I think like in, in some games that, that that's for I mean it's only a couple of games for Edmonton, but I would not be shocked if Edmonton continues to play like they played against the Canadians. Would would not be shocked if they finish behind Ottawa. 
Uh, Ottawa made some moves, and they're, they're, they're looking a bit better than they were last year or this year. And they, they have a young team with no pressure. I mean, I think they're going to end up surprising uh, some teams in, in, in a lot of games and get more wins than we expect. I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs, obviously. I don't think they're going to be a walk in the park. These two games were, were a breeze. Like I said, at no point I don't feel like I feel felt worried the Canadians weren't going to uh, bring, bring home the W in both these games. No, no, not at all. I mean, uh, no, they, they definitely outplayed them from A to Z against the Oilers. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Ottawa, like you said, it's a, it's a young team with no pressure. It's, you know, that, that kind of team, even though they don't necessarily, at least on paper, have the skill, it's always a dangerous team. You know, playing a young team like that that doesn't have any expectations, no no real pressure whatsoever, you know, they're, they're going to surprise. I mean, I, I think it's definitely a stretch for them even to make the playoffs, but oh, for sure, they'll yeah. definitely cost them surprises. And uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they don't necessarily finish last, especially like you said, the way that Edmonton played the, the last two games. But it's really crazy when you think about it, right? Like only a year ago where the Canadians were, and it feels like a year ago is an eternity ago at this point, just not just hockey wise, but world wise, right? Like so much has happened since then, but hockey wise, it's only a year ago. And the turn this team has done in that time, I mean, we were talking about how we needed to be sellers of the deadline. We were sellers of the deadline, but we thought that they needed to, to move at least one of peach for Tatar. I mean, how wrong was that? I, I, <laughs> we're so yeah. I'm so happy we still have both those guys. Tatar looks like he's picking up where he left off. Already has three goals and some beauties too. And Petrie, arguably, has been the best player on the team so far this year. He's he's putting up crazy numbers, looking like he's going to have a, a Norris caliber season. I mean, this team isn't the same if you take those two guys off. Man, I mean, all the additions too. I mean, obviously Romanov's been with the well in the organization for for two years or whatever. He drafted in 2018, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, I mean, his addition's been huge. I mean, Joel Edmondson again. He got off to a to to a bad start in the first game, but I mean, the two games against Edmonton, he was a big part in shutting shutting down McDavid and Dre's idol. Josh Anderson, two goals in his first game. So Foley, I mean. <laughs> He's he's been pretty unlucky so far. Hasn't been able to put it in the back. That's of the, the thing. Head, that line hasn't played bad. They've had their chances, but it's just not clicking. And it's like we talked about. We can we can afford with the depth to have games where some teams, some lines aren't doing anything or it's not clicking because then the other lines step up, right? Against Toronto, it was the Suzuki line that was kind of leading the way. Uh, against the first game against Edmonton, it was the 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 Tatar Dano line just playing playing amazing. Tatar with 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 two goals. Then uh, against Edmonton, it was more of a team effort. The PK is probably the star of that team. It's just maybe against Vancouver. It's it's going to be Kid Yemi's line that that uh, that breaks out. It's it's always going to be a different line every night. And how how do you contain that if you're the other team? You can't really. Yeah, I mean they haven't scored at all, but I, they've played really well though. Like they they've got a lot of chances to fully. I mean he could have like at least two or three goals already this season. For sure. <laughs> Kid has had his chances. chances chances yeah he's been a good playmaker and he's throwing the body a lot around a lot more like his his forecheck has been amazing so far this year and he just his his presence on the you could you could tell that he kind of took a step as, as far as like as development as like a big center and the more i see him play i just think he's going to be one of those guys that's going to take a bit longer to, to develop as we often see with big like big tall centers in the nhl that take a bit longer to to progress uh, I'm not giving up on him uh, turning into a, a top line center uh, any any time soon. I mean, I would be curious to see maybe. Uh, I saw some people on Twitter talking about this too. Maybe 
putting Lekkonen instead of Armia. I mean, I haven't seen Armia too much. Lekkonen had a nice goal uh, yesterday. And just also Lekkonen is comfortable on the left. So I would like to see Toffoli on the right. Maybe he's... Maybe that's what's going on there with him, where he's feeling a little bit kind of out of position because he's getting his opportunities and he's just kind of missing his shots a lot. A lot. It's just something seems like a little bit off. I mean, I think he's a little bit frustrated at this point, too. I, I think you can tell that, that he just wants to get that goal because that's what he, he knows. That's why he was brought in, right? He, he's he's a goal scorer. That's the main thing he can, he can bring to the table. So he, even though it's just three games in, he wants to get that goal. So. I wouldn't be mad. Like you don't want to change a winning formula too much, but I wouldn't mind seeing that small, small shift on in the lineup for the next game. Yeah, it's not a bad idea because I think, like, really, if if there's one forward that that I've like the one forward that I've been least impressed with so far is probably Armia. Yeah. Not that he's been playing bad. I think that line's been playing pretty good, but I think Tafoli and Kukaniemi have definitely been been pulling the weight on that line. Sure. Armia. They're, they're the two we notice constantly. Exactly. I mean, and the fourth line. I mean, they've been. Man, they, they've been really good and really good defensively, too. I mean, J- uh, Jake Evans, I've been really impressed with him so yeah. far. I thought in the first game he didn't, he wasn't that great, especially on faceoffs, obviously. He, he, I forget what, what exactly his percentage was, but I think it was around like 20% or something. Um, but, man, he's been really good on the PK, especially, and Lekkinen. I mean, we all know what he can do on the PK. Same thing with, yeah. with Paul Byron. That goal uh, from yesterday, well, that was time. great seeing that from Lekkinen because yeah. – Lekkonen, he's always had those chances. I mean, early in his career, he, he had a season where he had a few more goals. And just for some reason, it, he looks like he should be a goal scorer, but it just doesn't click for him. It, that was a beautiful shot. It was it was a perfect – he played that two-on-one perfectly. Man, imagine a guy like Lekkonen can break out a little bit more offensively. Because so far, Army, I, I haven't seen much of him. That's why I wouldn't mind seeing Lekkonen getting a bit more of a chance uh, offensively. And you mentioned the face-offs, which has probably been one of the biggest kind of – weak spots for the team so far that needs to be addressed. I, I was looking at the face-off stats, and I was actually kind of surprised. So no surprise, Danos first. But Kotkaniemi, I thought was going to be last, but he's actually doing better so far than both Evans and Suzuki, despite only having one face-off win in the first game. And I, I've been paying a lot of attention to the Kotkaniemi's face-offs since that first game because, I mean, he, that's something he needs to get better. We want him to be a center in, in the NHL. We want him to be that big center, but you just can't win one faceoff game in the whole game. And then he, they, they, there was the reports that him and Dano working together for the faceoff. And I thought I was seeing him do a lot better the last couple of games. And I mean, the stats are there. He's at 42% right now after having the first game be going one for however many. That just tells you he did a lot better in the, the next couple of games. It's actually Suzuki and Evans that we need to do a lot better at the faceoff score circle at this point, especially Evans. I've loved what he's done on the four, on the PK and as a fourth line center, but you, your fourth line center has to be has to be all, like a, a, an elite almost faceoff guy. Like he, no, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I caught Kanyemi. I think he was, if I'm not mistaken, he was over 60% actually yesterday, which is, uh, he was he was better than Dan O yesterday in the face-off circle. But yeah, I mean, it's it, definitely with those three young centers, that's going to be the, the, the biggest concern right now. I mean, Suzuki and Evans, well, especially Evans, he's he's been pretty bad in the face-off circle. Like for everything he's done, you know, he's been pretty bad in the face-off circle. And like you said, I mean, a lot of the time your fourth line center, that's what you need. Yeah your fourth line center to be a good, a guy that's really good in faceoffs. And I mean, right now he's doing everything else for the team. He's been amazing defensively, even per, you know, especially on the PK, he's been unbelievable. But, but uh, on the PK, that faceoff is that much goal. more important yeah. too. That's exactly. 
that's the thing. You need to win that faceoff on 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 the PK. And like the th- the thing, but Suzuki, I was surprised. I kind of haven't been noticing. He does everything else so well that you kind of you're not looking for things he does he does poorly. But Evans is at 36% so far, and Suzuki's at 38.1. So it's it's not that much better for uh for for Suzuki. So I mean, th- there's been a lot of rumors going around with trading and like if, if Dano could be the one that moved, to be great. But so far this season, Dano's the only one who can win faceoffs on the team. And he's helping the kids get better at faceoffs. I mean, if Dano can can go go to work at practice and help these kids become good at the just average at the face, if they all do fifty percent, it'd be perfectly fine. Then he he earns his paycheck just just by doing. I don't care what else Dano does. If he helps the kids figure out how to take faceoffs, that will be a huge addition for the team. Yeah, well, well, he did. I mean, uh, you know, after the Toronto game, uh, that's you know, that's what he did. He he took like them he all. He did, but he needs to continue, is what I'm saying. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. They they definitely have to keep working on it. Obviously, it seemed to have helped Kakinyemi a little bit, but uh, yeah, Suzuki. Well, I mean, all three of them are definitely still a work in progress at center. But yeah, I mean, if if there's anything the Canadians could need a little bit of help with is and and I mean, I've been talking about this for weeks. Like, you know, I, I think potentially they could at some point look to add maybe a veteran fourth line center that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe he'll play on the fourth line with Evans. I mean, we'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think it, at some point they'll, if Evans doesn't get at least a little bit better, you know, around that 50%, then uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely something they'll have to uh, have to potentially add at some point. The problem though, is there's absolutely no wiggle room on this team right now, right? Like as far as the cap goes, I mean, they're, they were, they're using the taxi squad, just so they can eventually fit Corey Perry on, like on 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 the roster, because like right now they're even running with one less person uh, on the roster. Like it, it, it's so tight against the cap right now. A trade, like I don't even know what kind of trade could happen uh, for this team. And plus, let's not forget if you trade outside the division, then you're you're waiting two weeks before the guy can even join the team. Yeah, and yeah, who's going to want to help you within the division unless it's a team that's already knows they're out of the playoffs, you know? Yeah, yeah, that it's definitely going to complicate things for sure. I mean, uh, you're probably not going to see a whole lot of trading, at least not like between you know the the Canadian division and the U.S. divisions. But uh, yeah, I mean, potentially at the deadline, I don't, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know who the centers are really for for Ottawa or for Edmonton. Uh, you know, what veteran center options they might have, but you know, maybe maybe that'll be an option. Who knows? Yeah, I mean that that makes the most sense, right? But then they're they're gonna get a lot uh, a lot of calls, right? And and even if they're out of the playoffs, they're not gonna give uh, the, a team like Ottawa is not just gonna give away kind of yeah. something for free for uh for 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 the Canadians. But taking a look at at what they're like, it's not like they have they're a young team, right? Like that you'd want a veteran presence. I mean, the only veteran center they have is Anisimov. He's almost five million a year. That's not gonna happen, right? That that that's not gonna work. I mean, there's they yeah, have well, maybe, step on well, one guy, one guy that maybe I mean again, this is we're we're three games into the season. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? But that maybe from Edmonton, Kyle Turris. I know he's got a pretty yeah. uh, pretty low salary. I don't know yeah, how he I mean, is face off, but hey, he can't be any worse than that. How we've been looking, but hopefully, what happens? Because the thing is, is I wouldn't want to scratch Evans. He's been extremely useful on. Uh, on the PK, I think he, he's he's earned his spot uh, at this point. But it's just. And the thing is, there's no one else on the roster right now that can step in for the for the faceoffs. It's not like we have like Corey Perry's a winger. He's there's there's no one else on the team. I mean, the next best centerman is probably Gallagher. Has been known to take some faceoffs here and there. Sometimes he he does okay. Byron but, Byron, I think, has played some center. I don't know how he's on faceoffs, but 
I believe he's played some center. Because um, it's that, that is something that can bite you. That that is something that that can really like. It's an underrated stat I find oftentimes. Uh, if face off, but like you don't need to always be the the best like elite team, but you can't be as bad as they've been. It's, it's possession, or you lose possession immediately, right? I mean, the, the, what we need is Dano just to keep just every practice, just spend an hour with the kids helping with the face offs. I mean, it's it, it's that important. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's a long way to go here. We're only three games into the season. Have lots of time to practice it, you know, before the playoffs start. So hopefully, you know, something they're working on constantly in in uh, in practice. And uh, aside aside from that, I I've been. I mean, we haven't barely talked about it, but the biggest reason why this team right now, I'm so confident in, in how what they can do, and I, I've talked about it. That the my biggest gripe against this team since we started this podcast has been the the, the depth on defense, specifically on the left side. And we were talking last this time last year. We were talking about how all oh, people on Twitter they think Romanov's going to be the savior. He's going to be this. Got to lower our expectations. We're not getting. We're not. He's not going to be right away an elite presence on the back. So far, it's only three games. He has been absolutely phenomenal. He is so much better than I thought he was going to be right off the gate. First of all, I know he's playing in the KHL with men, but like we talked about how he wasn't playing that many minutes. Like he he's already stepped in. Like he's he's like a veteran. Even more so than Suzuki, who's we've already always said that about him. Romanov looks like it looks like we got him through like free agency, and he is a 28 year old veteran in, in the NHL. He's he's phenomenal. I know it's 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 crazy. It's crazy what he's been able to do. I mean, the way that he plays, he's just. I mean, like it, like there's no like, she's he's just unflappable. Like I I don't I don't know what to say. He's been so, like you said. I mean, it's like it's like a veteran out there doesn't seem like he's feeling the pressure whatsoever he's not afraid to you know make i mean just just look at the pass that he made on the tar goal in his yeah, first exactly. game exactly like, he, just, he might he, already have uh, the best first pass on the team it's crazy what he's been doing in such a short period of time like i can't believe it I yeah, especially <laughs> the offense i didn't think he was going to bring that much offense and then i love how yesterday he after his goal you could see he got a bit more confident even more confidence he was shooting all over the place and he just just putting the puck puck on net and i i as good as he already is you can never really feel he's going to keep getting better and better I, I we have i think he's going to turn out to be a, a true number one defenseman for this team so you add that to already having i'm not saying this year a true number one defenseman but eventually but yeah i thought already having nick suzuki and, and kakunyemi and i just i just love what this team looks like right now and for the next few years if it's really like i've had my doubts sometimes with with what bergevin d- did with this team i feel like he kind of when he first got here maybe he was kind of figuring th- things out and he he adapted and 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 now i mean the turnaround he's done with it, it it's phenomenal it, it's it's some it's some of the best gm work i i've seen on the montreal canadians definitely oh absolutely i mean i i think you know uh, i mean he could very easily and probably, and probably should win you know like the gm of the year like you know what he's i mean the moves that he's done like and 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 i think you know the last couple of seasons has been sort of leading to this I mean, like like you said, at the beginning, you know, his first couple of years were a bit of a, a mixed bag. But I mean, the last couple of seasons, he's really put this, started to put this team into place. And I mean, the moves that he made in this offseason, you know, going and get, you know, you, you just little moves like getting Jake Allen and Joel Edmondson. 
make a pretty big difference and then going to get Josh Anderson. It looked what Max Max Domi has done absolutely nothing. He's he's been benched I think the yeah. last two games at certain times. He hasn't got a point yet. The, the the first game if I'm not mistaken, he played the second least minutes on uh, yeah. on the team and Galchenyuk is on the taxi squad in uh in Ottawa. It, it's it's just he he turned and also like and it's like he he knows when things are gonna go bad before they go bad like the asset management of, of that like trade tree of Galchenyuk to Domi to 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 then get Anderson is is phenomenal it's it, it's 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 it just it's crazy like and that's just one trade I mean people yesterday were talking about. Um, the, the the trade that, that that gave us Dano and Romanov for Dale Weiss and Fleischman, and then you have the Nick Suzuki trade that also brought us a Tatar. It's just it, it's it's been crazy, and you can tell this year he's had a plan all along, and he didn't rush yeah. through it. And this is what happens when you give your your GM because some teams are too quick to fire; they want results right away. I, I feel like he felt like he had job security and didn't make any crazy moves. I mean, we were complaining about him not spending to the cap and, and, and he was trying to make moves, but he didn't make the, the wrong moves when they were necessary. I mean, he wasn't perfect. He made his mistakes with, with Alzner and all that. But at the end of the day, he kind of kept his cap space until the right moves came. And then he saw that this season was the season to make the big jump. And it seems like he made all the right moves. I mean, there's not one off season move so far that I think uh, we're not going to like, I mean, even Edmondson, who hasn't looked like the best player, the way it's shaping up, he's going to end up being the, the the on the on third pairing. Like I said, he's more than good enough for that. That's fine. The, the, I, there, there's no holes on the team. I don't I, I don't understand how we got here. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's a, an amazing turnaround. And even the contracts that he signed. I mean, you know, Josh Josh Anderson, you know, it was a bit of a risky contract. We, you know, because of the injury, but he's making, uh, if I'm not mistaken, five point five million. Yeah. Same Gallagher, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is the same amount. I mean that those are two pretty good. Well, Gallagher's six point five, six point five, six point five. Oh yes, six point five. It, it, it all only kicks in next season. Dwayne is the one who has the same contract. Dwayne is also five point five. And Petrie too. I mean Petrie. I mean that, that was an, another great signing. I mean it's just one one great move after another. I mean you know we'll we'll see if it ends up paying off at the end of the season. But uh, I mean so and far and holding the, on to Tatar too. Tatar yeah. has been phenomenal so far this year. The, now the one thing I'm 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 wondering about long term. I mean I'm already loving the chances this year. I think they can seriously make them some moves come to the playoffs. Is I don't want to lose anyone on this team really. You know like and no no one in the top six. I'm looking at UFAs and it's but. If you can only keep one of Danu or Tatar, I guess you have to keep Danu. But I would hate to see Tatar go. I really would. Yeah, it's gonna be it's it's definitely gonna be tricky come the end of the season when uh, you know he has to decide uh, what he's gonna do. Especially you know assuming the cap probably isn't gonna be doing anything. The yeah. cap's probably not gonna be going up. So it's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how he pieces it together. You know, I mean. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, they have a great uh, a great team this season, and uh, we'll have to have to enjoy it while it lasts. I mean, I I, I already I already am. I mean, it's 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 the most excited I've been for Habs hockey, and like I, I know I, we keep saying it, but it it really is the most excited I've been for for Habs hockey for in in a long time. And the, but the most impressive I think so far is like it's once again it's like Jeff Petrie got better again. It, he just keeps getting better. I he mean, needs like, more yeah. love, honestly. Like he's playing like he should win the Norris. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Jeff Petrie has been such a huge. I mean, and every time that he's he's had to step up, you know, when Weber's been injured uh, last season, he stepped up and was, you know, probably the best player for the Canadians. Anytime that he's had to step up, you know, he's 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 been there, and you know, he every year, you know, he thinks you 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 start to think oh, maybe he's going to take a step backwards because of his age. You know, is you know is it finally going to catch up to him? But I mean, each year he just keeps getting better and better. All right, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens next. Like I said, I hope we're not too excited because the Canadians played a couple games against a team that's looking really, really, really poor. But I can't wait to see what they're doing. Three games against Vancouver, like we talked about earlier. Like I don't think Vancouver is that strong of a team, and I, I think they're probably maybe like you said, the fourth place team in this division. But they should put up a much better fight in these next couple of games than Edmonton then. I, I can't wait to see how, uh, how it goes with against these teams. But I, I'm loving this format. Now we have three games against Vancouver uh, after playing two against Edmonton. I know it's only for this season, but part of me w- uh, kind of hopes this sticks around long term. This kind of baseball format thing we have going, I, I love it. I really do. Maybe, you know, I mean, I think if it, I mean, if it works, I wouldn't be that surprised if maybe it does stick around. Because, I mean, it's definitely building a lot of excitement. I mean... I mean, it's going to be exciting playing the same team three times in four nights. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait. It's going to and be it, great. There's there's plenty of like positive like as a, like if you're more of a casual fan, for example, it kind of allows you a few games to get to know the other team and, and get more familiar with the team like 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 the Canucks that you don't if you only see it see them one every once every six months really you don't really have time to familiarize uh, yourself with them and then I love the idea. Okay, so. Canadians are going to be playing three games in four nights, but so are the Canucks because they're playing the Canucks in, the, in those games, right? So, so it kind of evens the playing field in that sense, right? Because so, so often in, in the regular schedule, you'd see situations where one one team is 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 coming back from a from a back to back games, and the other team is on three days rest, and it's just that the team on rest just almost always wins, right? It's it, it, there's a clear pattern there. I mean, even though there's there's a better team. There's always gonna, there's a lot of parity in the NHL right now. That type of kind of scheduling kind of affects the the results in that sense. I kind of love the idea of like sure there's gonna be three games in four nights, but the other team's gonna be going through the same thing. And who can kind of manage their assets the best? Can, Canadians always obviously gonna have an advantage with uh, as far as like well, I mean Vancouver has the, the great goaltending tandem too, but we haven't even talked about uh, Allen so far. He had an amazing first game, so it's. I, I just I just I love this setup. It's really the best built team that's going to do the best, and the Canadians are built for this type of of, of setup. It's like Bergeron knew there's going to be a pandemic, and we're going to have a condensed schedule. Like it's crazy. Yeah, no, I mean they're definitely in a good spot. Obviously, you know it's only three games into the season, but uh, I mean the Habs are looking pretty good, and yeah, I mean that's the thing. You know, if one one or two injuries, you know, two one or two guys goes down, I don't think it would be the end of the world. You know, it's not like uh, no. we're not like the Oilers or the Leafs, where you know if they lose McDavid or or Matthews or whatever, I mean it's it's going to be huge for them. You know, I I think the Canadians could could definitely you know t- go go through an injury or two or three and uh, and and it not be the end of the world. I mean, and we talked about it last week, and we and we saw it with, with the way Allen played yesterday. Even if Carey Price went down for a couple of weeks, you know, I mean, Carey Price is obviously still a better goaltender than Allen, but I don't. I, it wouldn't ruin the season like it has in the past, right? Like this team could definitely survive going a few weeks with Allen and net. I wouldn't be concerned about that at all. And to have that level of 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 depth and confidence 
you still don't want your, your guys going down to derail the season. Like yesterday, I hated seeing Anderson have to leave the leave the ice wobbling a little bit because that's the one thing we've mentioned. He's looked so good, but then he's had injury problems in the past. So you don't want to see the injuries happen. But I do see, as a team, you're right. I, I don't think it'd be that big of a deal. No, I mean, hopefully he's going to be okay because he, you know, after he, uh, I mean, he came back, but uh, he, you didn't see him a whole lot afterwards. So I don't know if it was, if he was maybe dealing with something, it looked like he might have pulled a, pulled a muscle or something, but hopefully he's going to They, they mentioned be that on the broadcast, but what they failed to kind of touch on, a, a big reason for that is the Canadians kept being on the PK. That's true. Like, yeah. You always see it, that the offensive weapons, like the, the, the Suzuki, Dwayne Anderson line, is going to always have a hard time getting quality minutes and getting kind of their groove in a game where the, the team keeps taking penalties because they're not going to see a lot of ice. Yeah, well, that that yeah, that might be that might be it as well. I mean, so hope hopefully he's going to be good to go tomorrow against Vancouver. Hopefully it's nothing too serious, but because uh, I mean, yeah, we definitely want to. As I mean, one thing that's really surprised me is the speed that he has. I mean, we all knew the the size that he has. You know the he has the hands too, but man, he's really fast yeah. for his size. Not not even just for his size, he's fast. Period. It's it's surprising, honestly. The the way he just kind of overloads the the defenseman coming down the wing, it it seems like such a like a basic play. But like I wouldn't, because I feel like you see the big body coming coming towards you, and as a defenseman, you almost don't expect him to be able to do that, despite all the scouting reports and all that. Yeah. And then he he can just overload these players, and he gets all these opportunities. I mean, him like Romanov, like these players are. So, I I was excited, but doing so much better than I expected them to do. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be a good test here against Vancouver. You know, three nights or three games and four nights on the road. But uh, yeah, it's gonna I be think a good. They come test. away with two wins. I think they come away with two wins. I think so. Games. I'm I'm feeling no, good I, about it, honestly. No, I think uh, yeah, I definitely think that's uh, definitely realistic. And you know, if if they can do that, you know, four four wins and six games on the road, definitely off to a good start this season. I wonder how much home and and away splits are gonna make a difference this year. With the no yeah. fans. Yeah, I mean, it's true there's no fans, but, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you're still on the road and, yep. and traveling and that. So, uh, yeah, it'll be it, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what it is like at the end of the season. I don't mind getting this big road trip out of the way early, but I guess there's going to be a lot of these types of road trips throughout the year. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I mean, so far, it's going perfectly fine. Uh, and, and next, and you have a couple of questions, if I'm not mistaken. You got one about Weber. Yeah, so we got uh, well, we got two two sort of questions. So the first one is from Ryan Rabalkin, so at Ryan Rabalkin on uh, Twitter. So uh, yes, the trade rumors. What are our thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, basically the the only trade rumor that anyway, I mean, comes to mind is uh, is the Dubois trade rumors. Um, I mean, I don't think. I mean, first of all, the Canadians would be pretty hard pressed to make that work just because of the salary cap. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they would have to take a bad contract off her hands, basically. Yeah, Man, it just doesn't so seem I, to make sense to me, you know. No, I don't. I don't think it makes sense, and especially, I mean, you know, the, the whole thing with the quarantine now. I, I really exactly. See That's two of weeks you're losing a piece before you get anything back, and in such a condensed season. And honestly, the more I think about it, like at first people were talking about Kudkinyemi and like Caulfield, and I was like, oh sure, but then I was like, no, that's crazy. That's 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 too much. I mean, Caulfield, you can't just give him away. And I still think Kudkiniemi could turn into basically what Dubois is already. And having seen this team play for three games, 
I kind of don't want to mess with it, you know? Even if we're talking about moving Dano plus some other pieces, I think if you're talking about this year, if you take Dano off this team and you replace him with another 22-year-old center, this makes the team much worse. Because we yeah. need that at least one veteran center who can win the faceoffs and do all that type of stuff. Not only for the games, but also at practice, we've already seen it improve Kutkinyemi's, uh like game at, at center. So if we're thinking we're going to be competitive this year, we have to consider if the move makes us better this year. I don't think that would make us better this year. And same thing as moving other guys and all that. Honestly, I'm loving the way the team looks right now. At least for another like seven or eight games, I want to see see them see what they can do before i make any kind of treatment personally yeah definitely and i mean i I think they still i think they're just going to keep getting better i mean you know uh, we talked about this uh you know before well on uh basically well the the last two before the season started we talked about that you know this team that might get out of the gate slow because they have so many new players and they don't have you know there's no preseason no real training camp to get used to each other and that and they've started out this good. So, yeah. I mean, I think they're only going to keep getting better. Yeah. And Good point. I, I mean, I don't really – I really don't see any too many trades happening, especially between Canada and the U.S. because of the quarantine. Uh, I mean, I yeah. think du, Dubois too – I mean, I don't think that Blue Jackets are going to be any in any hurry to move them. I mean, I think they're in a bad position right now that, you know, they're, they're not going to get their best offer at this no. point because teams know they're in a bad position. I think he's probably the type of guy that's going to get moved maybe in the off season, and you know maybe the Canadians will be uh, will make an offer a good offer at that point. And but not just that point, though, the, the the way he's going about it, he's probably pissing them off. Yeah. And the fact that he said he wants to come to Montreal might 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 want them not want to trade him to Montreal. They're like, oh, you want to go to Montreal? Okay, let's send you to the opposite side of wherever Montreal plays, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of, I feel like, how I would want <laughs> That's not the best way to run a franchise, but who cares what he wants? He has no power in where he goes. Yeah, exactly. He has absolutely zero say. I mean, and at the same time, I mean, okay, yes, he wants to come to Montreal, but, like, the kind of guy that, I mean, it's not like he's being benched. Well, I, actually, I think he has been benched a little bit. But, I mean, he is the first-line center. It's not like he's, uh, you know, been, uh, no, for sure. been playing fourth-line minutes. And, like, it's a guy that, you know, he's he's sort of you know, doing everything he can to get out. I don't know if I – I don't know if you really want a guy like that on your team sometimes. I, I kind of prefer – like, uh, it's. I understand wanting to place with some more specific. But if you look at, like, someone like Panarin, right, he clearly always wanted to go – to, to to New York or, or play for a big market or, or whatever. But he still played out his career and made sure that he became a UFA as cl- as cl- quickly as he could. Still gave his best hockey to the teams he, he was with. And then when it was time for him to choose his destination, he chose his destination. I mean, we could say what we want about, oh, a player can choose where he wants to play. Like if, if like Nick Suzuki all of a sudden was doing the same thing, we would be furious, oh, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I don't think it's a good look. Anytime a player does does something like that, I mean, and and he really has no power whatsoever. At this point, Especially so. this early in his career. Sometimes may, maybe there's been a history. Like for example, if if the Oilers are terrible once again this year, and they just continue to be completely incapable of building a team around McDavid. If McDavid starts asking for a trade, I would get it. I, I would understand. <laughs> but he, he tried his best, and they just can't figure it out, and he's over it. I mean, if that does happen, I wouldn't think that's that bad of a move on his part. I, I Part of me even thinks Edmonton fans would be like, yeah, nah, yeah fair enough. I'd want to leave too. But Dubois just 
you just got here. Can can prove yourself first, you know? Yeah, no, it's weird. Well, I mean, the whole situation with Tortorella, I mean, I don't know. I think they got to get rid of Tortorella. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we're not a Blue Jackets podcast. No, (laughs) true. And uh, what was the next uh, Twitter question? Oh, and uh, yeah, the uh, the other question. Uh, well, not not really uh, much of a question. It was more uh, just some positive feedback for us. Uh, so we got a got a message from John. So at jsweet18 on Twitter. Hey boys, I don't really have a question, but want to tell you I really enjoy the podcast each week. Saying that, one thing you could discuss is Weber closing in on 1,000 games played in the NHL and also moving into the top 10 in power play goals by a D-man last night. I mean, that was pretty cool. He's in the top 10 now for uh, for goals or power play goals by a defenseman uh, with his goal last night. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, love that he got that's there awesome. with a bang from behind the net, though. That's hilarious. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's kind of weird. And like yeah. Petrie was the one that like, like he obviously didn't interfere with the goalie, but like both defensemen were basically like, no, exactly. Right, but I'm just right, saying it, it wasn't the classic. I'm, I'm assuming 95% of his power play goals were just a bullet from the point, but then he gets into the top 10 with that weird bang from behind the net, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, what can you say about Weber? I mean, he's been so good with the Canadians since, since getting here. You know, when he was traded for P.K. Subban, a lot of people hated that trade, including us. Um, but, I mean, I mean, he just seems to be getting better and better, really. You know, there's a lot of concern. You know, that when I, he I got don't know traded, if he's been getting better and better. I don't know about that. You, you do well, see I, him slow I don't down. Think he's, I don't know that he's really slowed down. I mean, I, I, I do think he's lost game. a step a little bit, but that's just a, I think that the, the, the key here is that he can't necessarily be used the same way he used to be used at all times. And that's another reason why. Petrie is such a huge piece for this team. Petrie, to me, is the number one defenseman on the team. And I don't think it's really yeah. that close. I don't think it's really that close. Well, I, Petrie I mean, has, close. Been, has been more consistently effective. I mean, Shea Weber brings his own, obviously, and he's uh, obviously one of the greatest, maybe the greatest leader as far as a captain goes in, in the NHL. And kind of the physical presence and all that, him and Sherratt on the ice must be horrible to play against them. But Petrie is much more complete with what he brings, with kind of the the speed uh, to go and like the the transition game and and that type of stuff. At, at this point, I think Petrie is more important to the team than Shea Weber. I mean, I think it's pretty. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I mean, I do think it's close though. I mean, but uh, but I mean, Weber Weber's game is not is obviously yeah. I mean, I think you're you're right. Maybe he has lost a bit of a step. But uh, I mean, his game has never really been based on speed anyway. Oh, for sure. I mean, for you sure. know. He's obviously getting up there. He's 35 years old yeah. now, but I think uh, you know he's. He, I think he's got another two or three seasons in him. And no, absolutely. Uh, and when I say lost his step, I'm not saying he's he's playing bad, but just to say that he's as dominant as he was when he was 28, 29 years old is just incorrect. I think. But he's still a very, very good defenseman. You just have to use him correctly, kind of thing. You know, like in this condensed season, I'm I'm glad that I'm feeling better about this defense because I don't want to see Weber playing. Yeah. 30 minutes a game every every game because then you're going to get to the playoffs and burn out you know but i mean i think at the end of the day i'm pretty sure we can all agree that he's better than pk suban right now uh, pk suban has been has been that trade i still think was pretty much even he, he's been getting doing better this year uh so far and he had some so some he slew, slowed down a little bit because of injuries and stuff like that. But people love to hate. It's like oh, either you hate Shea Weber or you hate PK Subban. Why can't they both be good? 
And he, <laughs> PK Subban had a great. He, he, he was a huge piece for that Nashville team to, to that went to the finals. So that, right. that 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 trade I still think was weird, just because of they traded him away because he had too much personality. That's just boring. Come on, Montreal. Anyways, I still anyway. like Shea Weber. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean, th- those were the uh, the two sort of questions that we had. So yeah, I mean, guys, definitely send us your questions, send us your comments. If you guys have ideas for uh, for segments or or whatever it might be, send them uh, send them our way. Or any positive feedback. I mean, that's always appreciated. I mean, we can always <laughs> use positive feedback. Right? We need we never get any positive feedback in our day to day lives. It's great to get it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, aside from that, I mean, not much more to talk about. We usually talk about prospects a little bit, and there's not obviously a lot of hockey uh, going around uh, uh, right now. There was the uh, news. I mean, I thought this was already official, but I guess it wasn't official yet. But Trois-Rivières, who has now now has an ECHL team, signs the three. I, was, I think it was a three-year contract to be the affiliate of Montreal Canadiens. Obviously, fantastic news. I mean, you love it. It's Montreal, Laval, and, and Trois-Rivières all close together. Makes it very easy for development. Good for kind of French Canadians getting opportunities to play there, too. You, you love to see it. Yeah, I mean, so many good... So yeah, so many positives. I mean, obviously, first of all, for the Canadians, you know, just another place for their prospects to play. I mean, the last, uh, last really two seasons, they haven't had an ECHL affiliate, so... Yeah. Ask McNiven what he thinks. You know, uh, McNiven he went uh, he went through at least three ECHL teams last year. Barely got a chance to play, even though he was yeah. posting ridiculous numbers in the ECHL. So I mean, you know, obviously there's not a lot of great NHLers that go through the ECHL, but I mean the Canadians have had some. You take a look at Halak, uh, Diarmuid played in the ECHL. Um, I mean, there's a couple of other guys too that don't come to mind right now, but. I mean, you know, you do have to have that room for for some of your prospects just in case. Obviously, great for the Laval Rocket as well, because now they'll be able to go out and get depth players in case they have injuries or if the Canadians have injuries and and they have to call up players from Laval. It's going to, you know, they'll have extra depth right next door, basically in Trois-Rivières. And I mean, really importantly, too, is for the for the QMJHL, this is going to help, you know, a lot. I'm sure Trois-Rivières is going to be just jam-packed of Quebec-born players. Yeah. So, I mean, sure. it's going to be another, you know, a, another development route for Quebec players. It'll help the the Q get talent as well. I'm sure there's, you know, the, there'll probably be European, European players that'll want to come to the Q to play with potentially the opportunity of playing, you know, either for the Canadians, the Rocket, or the, the Trois-Rivières team. So... I mean, just just great news all around for sure. Yeah, and I, I personal note, I look forward to when this whole pandemic thing ends and we're allowed to go to things to go catch a few games in Trois Rivières. I mean, it's great to have another place to go catch some some hockey for I'm assuming very cheap, uh, but still some op- pretty solid level hockey. And anyways, you know, even though it is ECHL, and you never know who you get to see play who ends up making it in the NHL. You have heard there has been some players over the years that ended up having pretty solid careers after going through the ECHL. So it's always great to be able to to follow that type of hockey close to home too. Absolutely, it's always a party when we go see the Laval Rocket. So I can't wait to go see the see hockey in Trois-Rivières yeah, either. Yeah, Trois-Rivières might be a bit more expensive because if we do do it the same way we do it when we go to the Laval games, we're gonna have to rent a hotel room too. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so I think that that, that pretty, pretty much uh, covers it for uh, for for this week. Uh, I mean. Uh, we'll be back same time next week, basically, to cover the three Vancouver games. And we already pretty much predicted, but uh, are you, are you calling it two two wins? 
for yeah, out two of three, three. three two out of three. Two I out. mean, I wouldn't be that shocked to get three out of three. Why not? You know, but I think it's probably yeah. going to be two out of three too. Yeah. All right, so I mean, look forward to getting some more uh, Habs hockey in. I mean, I can't believe we already have ten o'clock games to watch. I'm just watching, looking at the schedule right now. It's ten o'clock tomorrow, but I mean, whatever. I'm, uh, we, we we like to stay up late if it's for these uh, Canadians. So we'll uh, we'll be back next week, and uh, it was a uh, good for uh, good good talking. <laughs> I don't know how to end this podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>